love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. This is a true Canadian love story. We were meant to be together. I can't imagine my life without you. Honestly, he's a light of my life. It's nice to be in that tractor beam of love. I'm her biggest fan. I think I knew I'd lost my heart again. I knew I wanted a marriage like that. Difficult roads can lead to very beautiful destinations. Well, love is the most important thing. My motivation had always been to pass the stories on. Like, I I didn't know as a, as a child what that really meant for my grandmother to be a war bride, and I didn't want that to be lost. I want my kids to know about their great-grandma, and I want their kids to know about their parents before they came along and the love that's there. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Dear listener, today's multi-generational love story belongs to Carly and Adam and Irene and Nick. This is an epic tale of retracing family history and writing a whole new chapter of romance, including a wedding that was a surprise to the bride. Signed with love, the Canadian Love Map. All right, I've never started an episode like this before, but here goes. Carly and Adam up in a tree, W R I T I N G. <laughs> you know what? Your story of writing love letters to one another is really beautiful. Tell me how this all started. Well, uh, we stumbled upon, I stumbled upon, um, 110 love letters that my grand, my grandma wrote to my grandfather just after world war II. And, um, we found them when we were moving my grandfather into a home. My grandmother had passed in 98. Um, so these were tucked away by her, um, years prior. And did he know they were there? I don't think so huh. because we had talked to him about his version because they're one-sided. They're just hers. Mm -hmm. And we talked to him about his and he said that he burned them. Oh, really? So, yeah. So he was fine with us having them at the time when we found them. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he knew they were there. She, my grandma saved everything. She just scrolled away everything. I think probably because of the times that she lived through, but she kept like coupons and greeting cards and shampoo bottles from hotels, everything. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, was, what was the experience like finding them and reading them? Uh, my mom found them and um, I wasn't living at home at the time. So the next time I came home, uh, we read through them and it was pretty amazing to feel my grandma's spirit, I guess, and, and, mm -hmm character coming through her words um we kind of felt like she was sitting there with us reading as we were reading her words it was pretty amazing yeah it sounds like magic and yeah. then what happened well then they kind of just became a uh family at like a, a, a special family heirloom and we didn't really think much of them other than how cool they were 
Um, but it was, it, it did prompt us to uh, start reaching out to family members and, and looking into our family history. Um, but it wasn't until I was in California. Um, I just so happened to be in Long Beach and flipping through a magazine at a, at a hotel we were checking into and not Adam and I, we hadn't met at this point, but it was, uh, my, my a friend and I, and, um, I had, I saw the queen Mary in the magazine in the local magazine. And that was the ship that my grandma took over from England. And I just said, we need to go there. So we went to the ship and I lined myself up. I had a picture on my Blackberry at the time because mm-hmm. it was like 2012. Um, I had just so happened to snap that picture um, when I was visiting my grandfather a couple of days prior to my trip. And so I went and I lined myself up to the fence that they stood in front of and I recreated the photo uh, that they had taken years prior. And um, and then in that moment, I was like, I'm going to England. Oh. I just I just had the idea. Wow. And uh, and then right when I got home from that trip, I pulled out the letters. I put them order in order by date. And well, first I Google mapped the address to see if it still was if the house was still there. And it was where the letters were written. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Really? So so that's the when I came up with the idea to go to England and then once I put them in order by date, I realized that it was from January to July of 1946, and there were 110 of them. And mm. at that time, it was like March, so I had time uh, to plan the trip. And I went from January to July of 2013, 67 years later. So, And your idea was to write your way through this journey, right? Yes, yeah. So I had been, I had always been writing um, journals and diaries and things like that growing up. Um, but I started on my travels, prior travels, I had started blogging a little bit and just sharing my writing with others. And I thought, yeah, I'll just start a blog and maybe put this into a book someday. And yeah, one thing led to another. Okay. So where does Adam come into this picture, please? I had been in lots of serious relationships and I just needed to be on my own. And I remember having a conversation with somebody saying like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to, I don't, I just want to be on my own. So, um, that's when it tends to happen, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it really is. I had come up with this idea and I was, um, telling people and also because of the time in my life, I was doing things, like I said, that I was just open to. So I was singing at coffee houses and, and doing things that I normally wouldn't do, just saying yes a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, Adam came because it was a mutual friend that I was singing with. We were doing a duet and, uh, we had known each other from high school, but we, we just knew of each other. Like we didn't know each other well. Mm -hmm. And he was two years older than me. So, um, yeah. And so I knew him and I said, Oh, Hey, and nice to see you. And I think I brushed his arm or something because I was like nervous and I was just chatting with everybody because I was about to go sing in front of people. And I didn't really think anything of it. He messaged me that night and um, said, oh, you did a really good job. And I actually didn't respond. Oh, no. (laughs) So it was, yeah, I I was just so wrapped up in all of my stuff, what I was doing that um, I thought, oh, that's nice. Okay, let's go from she said to he said. 
Adam, <laughs> what was what was your take on that whole situation? Uh, I would say probably pretty similar. Like, um, yeah, I was there to watch my my friend. He's a guitar player, and the two of them were singing together. So, um, yeah, it was just a you know an honest thing, just saying you know congratulations. It was it was. You know, you guys did a great job singing your song. Uh, and I don't know if at that point you had mentioned that you were going to England or if it was a little while later. Uh, but I had lived yeah. in England myself for yes. two years. I had taught in England for two years. Um, so I think I just said, you know, like, if you want to know anything about England or, you know, just shoot me a message. And, you know, I know a little bit about it from being there for a couple of years. So. Okay, so yeah. tell me the truth, Adam. Was that just a friendly email, or were you interested? Well, she's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer right there. Okay, yeah. 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 So he you must have been disappointed when she didn't respond. Yeah, probably a little bit. Oh, he's, he's covering <laughs> over any... Uh, you know, negative sentiments. Now I can tell Carly, he doesn't want to say it in front of a national radio audience or anything or a yes. podcast audience. <laughs> okay. Well, it was, it wasn't long after that our friends, our mutual friends kept inviting us places at the same time. And it was like connections and yeah. Yeah. And were yeah. they matchmaking? I don't think intentionally because after our first date, we showed up at their house and they were genuinely confused. <laughs> oh, really? They were like, oh, hi, what are you, guys. What are you two doing here together? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Terrific. So off you went on your own. And tell me about that voyage. Well, um, he surprised me a week before I left uh, with a flight. So he, he came with me for that initial trip. So um, and to just help me get situated and find a place to live because I was just going over there with a backpack yeah <laughs> pretty much and I had friends there I had I had a couple places that I could use as a home base but my plan was to get my own little flat and um so he came with me and we had a wonderful week and we had talked about him staying while he was there, but we were like, we are going to run out of money very quickly. And I had a visa to go because my grandma, um, I, I did like an ancestry visa, right? but uh, Adam didn't. So he could have taught again or something like that, but we, we just didn't really go down that route. And he, he kind of also probably knew that I needed to do it on my own. Yeah. So he, uh, we had a wonderful week. And then that was when he proposed. Oh, he so, proposed over there. Yeah. So right before he left, he proposed. So then I was writing letters home to my sweetheart. <laughs> okay. And when did you come up with that idea that you would sort of recreate that love letter relationship? Probably once I knew he was on board. I think just to, you know, really feel what it's like to the anticipation of waiting for a letter to show up in the mail um, with, you know, with the way technology is today, you can talk to anybody around the world in an instant. Um, but to actually just sit there in anticipation for a letter, you know, we thought was pretty cool. And we'd save things for in the letter that we wouldn't talk about over FaceTime or, you know, text or whatever. So it was always cool to grab those letters and read what was going on. And, 
And I did, I did come up with the idea. I, I had, I think I thought about this probably in the beginning weeks when we were writing letters back and forth that I, I would like at some point to only be communicating by letter. So that final month that I was, that we were apart, we just corresponded through letter and um, and that was pretty hard because I even had to kind of cut my parents out and not talk to them because <laughs> they were seeing him so much. Yes. And, um, and so we truly felt what it was like to wait. And then, and then I took the ship home just like my grandma did. And, um, that was seven days also. So we, we didn't talk for that whole month and then we were reunited at the end, but I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> so when the two of you were writing back and forth across the ocean, did you notice any parallels between your story and your grandparents, Carly? Yes, we, we did. There were, there were quite a few because Adam and I uh, were, we hadn't found a place to live yet um, because we were just engaged and, so he was kind of out looking for houses and uh, my grandfather was doing the same. And so uh, they, he also was looking for a job and my grandfather was looking for a job. The other, the biggest parallel was the, just how much we were missing each other and wanting to be together. Um, except I was choosing to put our, put us through this, but my grandma was not, she just had to wait, mm -hmm. uh, patiently for the, for the process. But, um, and then just talking about our future a lot, they would talk about future children and so would we, and what we kind of wanted with our lives. And, and so that was really, really neat to see what, cha what changes and what doesn't change over generations and decades and yeah. How did Nick and Irene meet? They met at a dance hall in 1944. What do you know about that scene? Well, from what I, what the stories that, that they have told us, um, it was, he, he was out, it was his birthday and we, it, uh, he was um, out with a bunch of soldiers and she was out with a bunch of women that she was working with because she was working for the Royal aircraft establishment, disassembling German aircraft. So she was uh, a mechanic during the war. Really? And yeah. And uh, so they, they met, I think he went up or no, she went to him and asked him for a dance and he actually declined <laughs> and said, I'm not much of a dancer, um, but I'll walk you home at the end of the night. And so that happened and um, he was, it was his birthday. So he was a little tipsy. And he went to like lean in for a kiss and she was gone. She was up the stairs and um, it was like a couple of days later, he found her address tucked into his uniform. So then they started corresponding back and forth. Wow. That's a, that's a great story. She sounds like a woman who knew what she wanted. Yes. She was uh, very, very bold, went after what she wanted for sure. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here.
Okay, so this is the next chapter of the story, which I just love. Tell me about your engagement party. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, unquote, quote, unquote, engagement party. Yes. Well, Adam kind of took the took the reins with um, planning our engagement party because I had been to, I think, 15 weddings in two years. And it was just like <laughs> uh, it was a lot. And I was over it. And he knew that all of these decisions that you have to make for parties and weddings and everything um, stressed me out. <laughs> so he was planning the engagement party. And also because of what I just said. He knew that I would probably be stressed out about the wedding. So um, it was actually not an engagement party at all. Well, we when when I proposed to her in England, um, we I think we took a train back to Manchester to your friend's house because that's where I was flying out of. And during that last like few hours that we were together, we had started putting together like a list of people that we would probably invite to a wedding and who would our wedding party be and, and some of these decisions that, you know, are pretty big when it comes to um, like the whole wedding planning. What are the, what are the five must haves, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, we had talked a lot about that. And then, you know, when I got back to Canada, I went over and I talked to her mom and I just said, look, like we both know your daughter and how, (laughs) how stressed she will be during, you know, a wedding. What do you think of this crazy idea? (laughs) And her, Her mom was surprisingly on board because I think she realized, you know, the, yeah, how stressful it could be. When I told my parents, they were shocked I would say, to say the least, they're mm-hmm. like, are, are you sure this is what you want to do? I think I probably heard that a few, a few times. And are you sure this is what <laughs> Carly would want you to do? Yeah. Like, we didn't, I, they didn't know me that well no. at that time. No, they didn't. So they were putting yield signs, signs up like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. slow down yeah. here. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. great? So, okay. So tell me how you sprung the surprise on Carly and, and when was that? Yeah, so I sprung the surprise on Carly on the day of the of the engagement engagement party <laughs> slash wedding. Um, yeah, uh, we woke up in the morning and I had written her one final letter, sort of, um, kind of outlining what the the day was going to be and uh, you know that everything was taken care of that all the people that were supposed to be there were going to be there. And, you know, like her makeup uh, person was on her way and her hairdresser was on her way <laughs> and, and all these different things. So yeah, I think it was probably, like, I don't know, eight, eight or nine in the morning. And uh, the engagement party was set for like maybe two or three in the afternoon. So so you had her read this letter out loud. And I know that because I've watched yeah. the video. And yeah. in this video, she's reading it. And that's when, so as she's reading, Carly, that's when you discovered that you were actually getting married that day. Yes. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> Pretty wild. <laughs> uh, as you can see by my face in that video, yeah. I, yeah, I was uh, very shocked and 
but also really excited. It was just a lot of emotions all at once. And of course I had a couple moments after the video was turned off <laughs> uh, where I was like, what? And just make sure, making sure that all of the things that I really wanted were, were done. And I did make a couple changes, uh-huh. um, last minute changes, but it was all doable. And I had already had, I had already bought my dress because I bought my dress in England when my mom came to visit because she was already in on it. And um, yeah, so so a lot of the a lot of the big things were already taken care of because we had a date set for I think six months later. Yeah. Okay, people are going to want to know how they can see this video. What are the words to search for? Carly and Adam's surprise wedding. Yeah, it's worth it. Trust me, money back guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me about the ceremony. It was it was lovely. It was in the back backyard of his uncle's house, and uh, it was who didn't know that it was a wedding. Yeah, they didn't even know. <laughs> they people wow. were like, "That kind of looks like an aisle," and oh that kind of what is happening here? Um, so yeah, everybody was was surprised, and um, yeah, it was beautiful. And he he came in on a motorcycle. <laughs> yes, tell me about that moment, please. Well, that, that kind of, um, that was kind of a, a part of our love story. Cause when we first started dating, that was my mode of transportation was that motorcycle. Uh, so I would show up to like her place or her parents' place or wherever we were going, I would show up on, on this motorcycle. So it became pretty, you know, iconic, I would say in our relationship. Cause we, we traveled a, a lot of different places on that bike. So, yeah. Yeah. That's in the video that, as well. That was a last minute addition, right? Or did you always know you were going to? I don't know if if I knew that I was going to. I'm not sure because um, all, all of the guys. So like my wedding party, we got together um, at my parents' place and we got ready. And then uh, I think almost everybody in my wedding party, or at least like my dad, my brother and my brother-in-law all have our motorcycle licenses. So we rode over to the wedding on our bikes and that was kind of like, um, you know, your last single moment (laughs) (laughs) as we're riding, which what happened. And as we were driving over there, I actually had, um, couldn't find my phone. I couldn't remember where I put it. So I pulled off on the side of the road and they were like, what, what's happening here? Is he turning around? Like (laughs) what's going on? So yeah, they're they're like, what's going on? And I was like, Oh, I can't find my phone. And they're like, Oh, okay. We didn't know what was happening. So, and then uh, away we went and yeah, yeah. I, it might have been one of them that had the idea. I, I don't know. But it was a it was a beautiful outdoor backyard wedding, and um, his sister married us. She did a really beautiful ceremony, and and then there really wasn't because everybody was there, and it was a big surprise. We just kind of started the party after that. Yeah, and people were dressed for an engagement party, so they were in flip flops and khakis because it was the summer. Like they had, they had no idea. Like even my grandma, like you know, she was running shoes and (laughs) and she, yeah. 
<laughs> so memorable. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do something a little different now. Usually in these podcast episodes, when it's a couple, I will say, what do you love most about the other? But instead, I'm going to say, Carly, can you please do a verbal love letter to Adam? Oh, <laughs> like present day, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, dear Adam, I feel luck- like the luckiest girl in the world to have met you. And I love our love story. And I love our life that we've built together. Uh, our three beautiful children. This is everything that I have ever dreamed of. And especially when I was in England writing you letters every day. Um, this is this is all I wanted. I love you so much, Carly. <laughs> okay, that's really beautiful. Adam, I don't know. It's a tough act to follow. It's a very tough, tough act to follow. And I think Carly w- would admit that I am the emotional yes. one here. So, <laughs> um, dear Carly, uh, I knew from the moment that we met at the coffee house when you accidentally brushed my arm that this was going to be something that would would last for a long time and from our second date when you know when I told you that I wanted to have kids and that you would fall in love with me and someday agree that you wanted to have my kids too um to the moment of actually having three kids has been crazy we have moved across the country bought our first condo moved to our first house and have had so many adventures along the way it's been amazing (laughs) (laughs) well i just love your story and i also love the fact carly that you put this story in a book just tell us briefly about that it's called life's letter and you took your blog writing, your love of writing blogs and writing in general, and you created this beautiful book. Yes. Yeah. So I, I had always had the idea to write the book, and uh, it took me uh, nine years <laughs> to finish. It was uh, a long journey. And um, I, my motivation had always been to pass the stories on. Like, I... I didn't know as a, as a child what, what that really meant for my grandmother to be a war bride. And, and I didn't want that to be lost. I want my kids to know about their great grandma and I want their kids to know about their parents before they came along and the love that's there. And um, just the stories, I think that it's so important to pass stories on from those who come before you and um and that was always my motivation. And I mean, it's just amazing that other people are, are enjoying it and telling me what it's inspiring in them. So there's, there's lots of really wonderful things that are coming from it, just like this podcast opportunity. This is wonderful. Um, but it's just, yeah, I, uh, it's grown into a lot more than what we originally thought. Yeah. Like originally we thought it would just be like a book for us that we would have on our shelf and, mm-hmm. you know, let our kids read or 
you know, but it's grown into a lot more than what than what we originally thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than a family heirloom, but it yes. certainly will be that for generations to come. And I have yeah. to say my favorite is the favorite page for me is 28, where I see the picture of Grandma and Papa at the Queen Mary standing in front of the Queen Mary, and then you, Carly, in the exact same location in front of the (laughs) same ship. So that's just a taste that should get people curious. I want to say thanks so much to both of you. What a beautiful story. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Dearest darling, today was my first day on the Queen Mary. Oh, it is so magical. One thing that's for sure is that you would love it, especially the king size bed. They've pushed two twins together, but I'll most likely just use the one side. My day of traveling here started bright and early. I was a little stressed and let's be honest, a hot mess. And now I'm sitting on the lounge chairs on deck seven where I sat while we sailed away from the harbor. I met some nice folks our parents' age and enjoyed the sailboats going by as we blew our whistle upon departure. It was magical and it made me think about what it must have been like for my grandma. The sound of the whistle alone must have filled her whole soul with excitement. I can't believe I'm here, babe. Finally, at last, on my way home to you. Thank you for being so supportive of this adventure, my love. I couldn't have done any of this without you. Love you, Carly. XOXO. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. This has been a Podstarter production. production.